I am Joshua Hale Fialgov. I was the writer of Spider-Man Who Am I and Alpha, and you are listening to the amazing Spider Talk. Welcome to the Amazing Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdan, and I'm the founder slash editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. Dan, I hope you cauterized your wounds with some ice. <laughs> I don't think that works that way, Mark. I really think okay. you should look at what cauterizing is. Uh, anyway, I'm Mark Giannacchio. I'm the founder of the Chasing Amazing blog and the uh, editor-in-chief of Ice Fishing Weekly. And you have a book, too, don't you? Yeah, oh, right. I, 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 I didn't plug the book. A uh, hundred things uh, Spider-Man fans should know and do before they die. Out in June. Look for it on websites everywhere. Wow, everywhere. That, that, just, that just totally took us out of the flow, Dan. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Well, here we go. Back into the flow. I'm putting on my flow voice. Thanks for joining us for the 23rd episode of our coverage of Volume 4 of Amazing Spider-Man. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. Yes. And for this episode, we'll be discussing Amazing Spider-Man Volume 4, Number 23. By Dan Slott, Christos Gage, Giuseppe Camancoli, and then uh, we'll be begrudgingly participating in some Swarm's B-Title reviews. Dan, I heard we're going to get a very special press conference with the Swarm. I'm very excited for this first press conference from him. I bet it will be awesome. It'll be great. (laughs) Well, Mark, before we get there, I think you and I have to have a conversation that's, you know... Been been building for 40 years, but now we're going to finally have it in our review of Amazing Spider-Man Volume 4, number 23. What's new? Dan, I think this is going to be one of those instances where you and I don't necessarily see eye to eye all that much. Those are always the special episodes, right? You know, we need we need to have a moment with like our TV dads, and you know, they'll they'll comfort us, maybe take us ice fishing to get over it. Um, <laughs> you can't get enough of this ice fishing. I I think I think we got a thing here. Um, but anyway, why don't you why don't you give us a little summary of what happened here? Yeah, this is a kind of, I guess, like a deleted scene uh, from uh, the clone conspiracy, if you will. Um, you know, in that in our last episode, we detailed how Gwen forgave Peter, and uh, this is a conversation that I guess happens directly after that statement where Gwen and her father, Captain Stacy, uh, take Peter Parker off, kind of on his lonesome, and uh, have a reunion. With him of sorts uh, to kind of discuss, uh, I guess, their feelings now that they're alive again and and 
the end of their lives and what it meant to them and so on and so forth. It is a conversation brewing for 40 years. What if Gwen came back and she and Peter could pick up where they left off? Uh, I guess that's kind of what happens here. Yeah, I mean, that that is what happens here, Dan. I mean, but I think where where we kind of diverge quickly and defiantly is, um, you know, for me, this this whole issue really felt like a missed opportunity for me. Like, I, I, I it just, I don't know. I don't really feel it 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 captured the 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 soul of who these two characters were and what they had. You know, like you know, we we last year around Valentine's Day we talked about Spider Man Blue and and. Yeah, I think that was even one of the comments on on our Facebook page about this issue where it was like, you know, not that you want someone to completely crib an old old issue. But I feel like, you know, if you were going to kind of lean on something to get, you know, a tone and an inspiration, maybe that would have been the better one. But it seemed like, um, you know, the goal of this issue was to play things at an arm's length. Um, and I feel that it hurts the issue significantly by doing that. I kind of feel like it's a it's a trying to play it in between and safe um and it doesn't end up saying anything that enlightening but you liked it more than i did so why don't why don't you tell me how you saw it yeah i kind of like that i mean going back to spider-man blue um you know i always thought that that was kind of like the perfect coda to the gwen story like i didn't feel like i needed that much more but also at the same time that story i think really gives short shrift to Gwen like while it is a story about Gwen it's kind of more about Mary Jane um and Peter um so what I liked about this issue is that it doesn't go for the like typical to be expected emotional climax of Peter I've missed you Gwen yada 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 like this is a guy who has seen this woman cloned many times who has been manipulated by her appearance who is just super jaded and carries around that death with him as like a formative part of his character and to suddenly be confronted yet again with another clone that claims to be the Gwen knowing in the back of his mind that she is a clone I appreciated that he wasn't so, I guess, naive as to jump back into her arms and cause a huge emotional ruckus. And and in a way, I thought that said a lot about Peter and a lot about who he is and how he's changed and, you know, uh, this kind of barrier that he's put up. And Gwen even kind of cuts to the core of it by saying, you know, you don't just wear that mask to hide your face, you know, and, and, uh, I really liked that, like, Peter was kind of treated as, like, a guy who is living with all of his past experiences, not to mention the knowledge that Gwen had Norman's children. So, I mean, there's that, too, Mark. Right, right. Uh, They didn't get into Sin's past, did they? No, they did not. I'm glad they did not, and I don't think Dan Slott has any intention to do that. There you go. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I see what you're saying, but, like, it's just, like... Because of that, this whole thing kind of felt very clinical to me. Um, I, I, it, it, there was, 
you know, I'm, I'm going to probably say this so much that people are going to sick hearing it. I mean, it, it, it was just missing something to me. Like, 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 I don't, I don't know what they were trying to ultimately say. And this idea of like kind of Peter putting up these barriers and, and whatnot, while it, it makes sense in the context of this story, like, like, I don't like, when did that really start? I don't, I mean, is that, I guess after brand new day or one more day, but it's like, like, I don't always think that was a key part of the, the character, you know, of who this character is that he, you know, like, and, and, and we've seen that in other, other media, like, you know, certainly like, um, the spider the the Raimi Spider Man movies. It was always this kind of like I'm making the sacrifice that I can't I can't ever have a normal relationship because I'm Spider Man. But like even that, I like that's not. I don't feel that's a core tenet of the character, and you know, in terms of the comics, and and I I don't necessarily agree with that. If that makes sense, I I I, I kind of feel like the fact that Peter is emotional and has relationships is is part of the humanity of peter and 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 makes makes these things more tragic because he actually does let people in yeah i i I agree with that and i think you know it's just tough in a post one more day world where you know he did open up to mary jane and did allow himself to fall in love again um although it did seem to me as though he was kind of whether intending to or not, as people do in the real world, kind of actively sabotaging that relationship while he was in it. I mean, there was never really a a sustained period of time where the two of them like coexisted peacefully as husband and wife. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, in the very beginning, maybe, but after that, I mean, you know, because you know, after Michelini, uh Michelini left the book. I mean, they really kind of were moving to get get them out of that end game as fast as possible. So you know, all these problems started happening. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, I think mainly this. I think is cons- this this story beat is consistent with Dan Slott's writing of the character, which at this point, like all these character beats are Dan Slott's interpretations of these characters. Agree with them or not. Right. Like to me, it, it provides a lot of understanding for like his relationship with Carly Cooper, why he never felt like he could trust her with his secret. Um, and like he definitely intentionally sabotaged that relationship, um, whether he was aware of it or not. Like it was of his own doing. Um, and I believe Peter is a guy who carries around the weight of Gwen with him and and keeps people at arm's length to a certain certain degree in terms of his his fear of losing them or his influence on them uh, at least in, in Dan Slott's writing of the character yeah I, I i i i don't disagree but the same token if that's how we're going to play it i don't know if i'm all that interested in reading about that character in that in in this context i think that's that's a part of it too i mean like i i i i you know, I, I I'm not a huge fan of cold, detached Spider-Man, and that's and that's what we got in in ample doses throughout. And and you know, before we get too far into this the the story, I I, I do want to like make a comment. You know, just in terms of something else from a critical standpoint that um, 
didn't sit right with me. I mean, it's, it's, you know, and I've been saying this probably for almost every single one of these amazing Spider-Man issues in this arc, but you know, it, it, it's, it's so frustrating to me that like, you know, first of all, amazing really is the secondary book in this title, but beyond that, like, you know, I, I, I feel like it's, it's the, it's the afterthoughts. It's, it's, it's never moving anything forward. Um, it's, you know, we, we, we got that scene in clone conspiracy number four where like, you know, Gwen kind of forgives him and, and, you know, what happens after that is left to our imaginations, but then this kind of answers it anyway. So we don't have it to our imaginations. And, I, I don't know, like like this this kind of like backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards narrative is is like did 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 we really gain anything by ha- by having this issue? Like, does this really advance the story? I mean, it's 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 just kind of there. Yeah, I don't know that it's going to actually play into the resolution of the story. Probably not, because if if Clone Conspiracy Four is to be believed. She's like turning into a zombie right now, um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you about the formatting again. I mean, I think it was a huge mistake to structure this stuff like this. I mean, imagine if this was just a scene in the Clone Conspiracy; it would probably work wonderfully. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we we were kind of saying last episode that we needed to get to the end game for Clone Conspiracy a little faster. So I don't, I'm not trying to say they should have been filibustering like the big ending there, but it's like, it's almost like if, if this was a little more streamlined and sequential in, in its structure, I think that having this scene in the midst of this kind of crazy, you know, the world is ending type narrative actually would have been a welcomed reprieve. But instead it's like, we already got to, this the big stuff happening and then the and the you know what hitting the fan why are we going back in time again and doing this very quiet kind of somber meditation on these two characters that really are not you know it's it they're not the same character anymore they're not the same characters they were when they last were together but like even beyond that but like it just it just it it just felt like two strangers talking, which I guess is what they were going for. But like, I don't know. I, I don't find two strangers talking to be interesting theater. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was interesting to see, you know, Gwen is clearly, you know, still stuck 40 years ago wanting to, you know, be with him. And, and she, but does she? she? Like, yeah, she says it's it feels strange to me that to not be in your arms and and to be romantic with you. That's like well, one of her Well, first no, I know I know she I know she says that, but does she? Cuz like it doesn't can that doesn't can that like that's the thing like there are these moments and you know, they're on the nose. It's not subtext, it's text text. <laughs> um where, you know, she does things that indicate that she wants to be with him and that she needs to be with him. But like Nothing before or after really sells that emotion to me because, again, it's just so clinical. Yeah. I mean one of the things if I want to be – you know, like my big negative on this issue other than the fact that it is – this conversation is sandwiched with like pages and pages of repeating 
previously established story beats from Clone Conspiracy number four um, is that I think Common Coley is the wrong guy for this story. Mm. Uh, I think his characters are so sterile and stiff and he adds nothing to the script. I think like a a good penciler, a, you know, like – I mean the person who does the art is like the director of these books, right? You know, like they bring the characters to life. They draw them. Like they add emotions. They make everything work and I don't think that Common Coley – he can do action just fine. Like all the – uh, you know, Parker Industries, high-tech Spider-Man stuff is a lot of fun. But, like, these kind of, like, classic-looking stiff portraits I don't think elevates the script in any way. And and I think you could have a really powerful scene if, like, I don't know, like, who did we like recently? R.B. Silva? You know, like, I, I, I thought that stuff was really – the characters mm. had a lot of emotion into the, how they were posed. Um I don't know. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, we, we talk about this a lot. I mean, like, I, 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 you know, I sometimes feel like with, with, with Camo, when it comes to his people, we almost start grading him on a curve, which I mean, and I, I don't mean that it's disrespect, but it's like, you know, like I, there's been other issues where we're like, oh, wow, you know, he, he drew an emotive face there. It was really surprising because I don't, we don't usually see that with Camo. I mean, it's um, just like giving George Lucas like a drama to direct. Like, yeah. He should be directing action sequences, not drama. Right, right. I mean, you know, you should be drawing Jar Jar Binks. Uh, <laughs> I like Jar Jar Binks. I know you do. Uh, He's so not cool. It's cool. Yeah, and I mean, and like, it's not to say that this comic doesn't have its moments. I mean, I know something. I think that kind of came out to you. Was the the line like the how many how many madmen how many bridges um, kind of monologue from Gwen? But again, like this this like those are the moments too for me where I'm like, she just seems to be like flip flopping between like wanting to be angry and you know upset and but wanting to kind of rekindle what they had and I it just I can't reconcile that personally. Yeah, I mean, I like that line because it's 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 her seeking validation from him while also being kind of critical of his cold reaction to her. You know, like she wants to know that she wasn't just a footnote in his history, but seeing his reaction kind of confirms that for her that perhaps she was a footnote and there were many other women in his life that suffered tragic fates on bridges. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I thought it was a really sharp and, and, and stinging line, um, from someone who's kind of hurt, uh, you know, whether it's Peter's fault or not, like, you know, Gwen finds herself alive again in a very complicated scenario, but nevertheless feeling the emotions she previously had. Um, I don't know. I thought it was an interesting line. Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting line, no question. I mean, but um yeah. I I, I, mean, I frankly I, I would take this issue over like and this kind of attempt to tell a story, like a character and supporting cast based story over anything and, and I at least felt it was consistent with how the characters have been written. 
I like that George Stacy acknowledges that he wasn't a straight cop, that he right. was, you know, cooking the books for Spider-Man in a way. Um, right. I thought all that stuff was very, you know, it acknowledged character in a way that most of this stuff has not recently. And I don't know if that's Christos Gage writing it. I mean, you and I love that Civil War II book written by him. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't. Know. I just. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I I keep coming back to it, but I I I just feel like you're 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 really kind of navigating a minefield when you when you go when you trace over Peter and Gwen. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of you know, which is kind of funny too because I mean, these characters, you know, part of the reason why Gwen was killed was because of how bland and vanilla she had become in the comics. But like, you know. I think in 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 other attempts to kind of rewrite history, they've added more gravitas and 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 just like I said, emotional charge to these two characters and what they represent and what her death represents to him. Um, and I just don't feel they really explore that enough. I mean, it's 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 yeah, it's it's about kind of marking her as a footnote and and you know would it have been authentic to go too much in the other direction and make it like this big schmaltzy thing no i I think that's that's not proper either but like you know I, i i still think that there there could have been ways to mine a little bit more of the emotion here and 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 you know like and 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 it also something to be said about like Gwen is just especially this Gwen is just a very tough character to write and I just don't know if it got pulled off because yeah I mean it's tough when you're working from almost nothing yeah um, I mean although I do think this interpretation of the character does tap into her earlier appearances where she's kind of got a bit of like a snark and. And a headstrong, like, you know, confident nature about herself, you know, like she kind of throws it back at Peter. And even here she says, like, I thought you were a stuck up, you know, like jerk, you know. Uh, And and I was like, all right, yeah, that's the Gwen character that I liked before she kind of got like the edges sanded off of her, um, you know, later on in, in her role as his girlfriend. Like I, I, like I almost feel like, you know, and I'm not trying to be my own comic book editor here, but like, this is a story I would love for like to hear from Jerry Conway. You know, like, like yeah. have, you know, g- give him these circumstances. You know, she knows, she knows the deal, she knows what's up, but like, have him write that story because I feel like. Even though he, it's funny. I think I think the fact that Jerry has kind of had to live with the mark of killing Gwen, even though he laughs about it now, and and you know, always kind of. I, I, I think that has left an impression on him as a as a creator, and I think he would have handled this walking the line a little bit better, and 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 kind of getting that that emotion without getting too emotional. Um, whereas I felt this was too clinical. So I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying like, I, I feel like this was still just all being handled by people from afar. And I wanted to 
see some people get into it and I don't feel anybody really got into it because, you know, you talked about the Carly Cooper thing or MJ. It's like, yeah, this really could have been Peter and any woman post one more, one more day. And it all, all the beats would have mostly been the same. And, but this is Gwen. That's totally fair. I mean, I don't, I didn't get everything I wanted out of this, but I felt like I got enough out of it that it made me feel satisfied. All right. I'm not trying to beat up on you, man. No, that's fine. No, I mean, you're certainly welcome to your own opinion. You know, uh, I wish it worked better for you. (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) Yeah, I do, Mark. I, I, I fret at night that you're not loving it as much as I do. Anything else you want to specifically get at with this one? Not that I can think of, although I, I will say there's a Gene Wilder joke in this that I thought was way too soon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ben, ben Riley again, this is so strange in this issue, making ben, Gene Wilder jokes and... Um, Singing music. Yeah. Oh, also, we I, I accidentally referred to this moment happening in Clone Conspiracy, but I guess we could just throw out, this is, yeah, the Ned Leeds... I need to talk to Betty. What, what do we think he needs to talk to Betty about? I mean, there's a number of things I could think of. I'm not the hobgoblin. Oh, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nettie. <laughs> oh, Nettie. Yeah, uh, I like seeing Ned Leeds. I thought Ben was just a baffling thing again. And I just thought the, I just wanted to say I thought the Gene Wilder joke was just re- in really poor taste. Yeah, this wasn't like, you know, last year, like last year when – he was hearing David Bowie in the spaceship, and it was like, oh, that's a fun homage. This kind of felt like, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm more sensitive to that, but I, I don't know. No, no, I, I think it's fair. That's fair. Uh, what's your grade, Dan? I'm giving it a B. I'm going to say D+. Plus. So, right. yeah, that's a, that's a fair discrepancy between the two. That it is. That it is. Uh, cool. All right. Yeah. All right. I hate you. <laughs> that's talk- that's a fairly strong reaction. So on that note, why don't we talk about our friendly neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club? It's the time of the show where we talk about our members club. It's the club that supports the existence of our show. We need people like you, your listeners out there. We know you're listening to sign up to help pay, be patrons for our, our uh, Patreon account. It helps us continue with all the backbreaking editing that, and work on our website that is done. Mark, you write a lot for our website. So I'm going to conclude you this time as one of the hardworking people. Ah. Uh. That kind of me. Great. You're All right. Great. Well, last week on the show, we teased that we're doing a raffle giveaway to our members of an awesome poster, and that's for the cover to Spider-Man number one of the recent relaunch with Miles Morales. It's awesome Sarah Pacelli cover, um, and uh, I'm going to announce who won it, Mark. Isn't the suspense killing you? It's totally killing me. Who won? Who won? Who it won? Was Kevin Dorsey. 
Yay! Yay! So, Kevin, check the mail, and you'll be getting that poster in the mail real soon. Uh, awesome. So, if you want to help support us and get awesome prizes in the mail and giveaways and all kinds of stuff, free comics, digital comics, well, at least while that still lasts, come on over to SuperiorSpiderTalk.com and click on the support link, and, uh, yeah, you can become a member to the show. All right, Mark, I guess it's uh, – I can hear that, uh, that theme song coming. It's, it's, it's Swarm, I think. He's, he's knocking on your door. S-W-A-R-M. S-W-A-R-M. A reanimated Nazi skeleton. A reanimated Nazi skeleton. Reviewing B titles while he's covered in bees. Reviewing B titles while he's covered in bees. Actually, he's permanently covered in bees. Actually, he's permanently covered in bees. For this podcast is coming for you. It's time for Swarms Beat Title Reviews. It's time for Swarms Beat Title Reviews. All right, uh, Swarm is here, and uh, like we said last week, or I guess not last week, earlier this episode, he uh, has scheduled his first press conference to address uh, the recent hacking allegations against him. So I guess Swarm, uh, uh, thanks for coming, and uh, we're happy to hear what you have to say. Yes, greetings. Those of you in the crooked media who do nothing but spread lies about me and the great movement of true believers I have assembled. First, I must note that since I have come on to this amazing Spider Talk podcast, listening listeners have gone up to 750,000 unique views a day, period. It is the greatest podcast of Spider-Man history because of me, Swarm. However, two weeks ago, the website BuzzFeed, uh, the sticky pile of garbage that only exists to be the scavenging yellow jackets, triple parentheses, that exist among us, has decided the only way it could defeat me and my rise to podcast power was to spread lies. Well, like all of my enemies, I will crush BuzzFeed and anyone who spreads the lies and misinformation that spreads. You have not experienced pain until you've experienced the stinging defeat of the hands of Swarm. And we'll now open the room to questions. Uh, Swarm, you still haven't no. addressed... That, that, not you, your fake podcast, no. But, but Swarm... No, not you, nine. Cut off. Uh, Swarm, sorry, I, we're literally the only me, uh, in the room right now. It's Dan and me and the computer and you, I guess. Um, so, um, you gonna answer our questions, or is this whole press conference just a farce? Well, there he goes, Mark, but he, uh, left us with all these folders with blank pages in them. Oh, what do, yeah. What do you think that's about? Let me, let me, let me see if we can open these folders up. Uh, they're just, like, all stuck together with honey. Oh, Disgust- man. Oh. Disgusting. All right, Dan, so I think for our, our B-Book chat, if you will, this week, well, why don't we uh, talk a little bit about that big Miles Morales spider going crossover we've been getting into. Um, you know, we got the first two installments of it uh, fairly recently in Spider-Man 12 and Spider-Gwen 16. Um, uh, I'm kind of grooving on this, although those covers are, are clickbait, if I ever heard of it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, yeah. Um, do, 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 you know, you, you know, you, 
we've been kind of met on on miles since the relaunch uh i feel that spider gwen has kind of settled into a groove over the last couple of months i mean so no surprise here i kind of liked the the spider gwen installment of the story more than the miles one but do you have any specific thoughts you know i'm actually the other way around i enjoyed the miles portion of this more than the spider gwen portion oh really okay how so i mean just just uh, I mean, well, I I liked the previous issue of Spider-Man, um, but like one of the problems I think with the Spider-Man title is that Miles has barely been in it, mm. and I kind of enjoyed seeing him kind of come back, you know, like and be the driving force of the book. I liked the kind of humor about the neon colors of the Spider-Gwen universe. Um, I thought it was really beautifully illustrated, and I thought there was a lot of humor surrounding Maria Hill and and things like that. I thought it was a pretty decent start up to this. Um I thought the Spider Gwen issue was a little more muddled in its focus and, and It's I a little thought, clunky because yeah, they're still trying to like play with her status quo and establishing that, right? Yeah, and uh and it was fine, don't get me wrong. Um and I think that issue is trying a little harder to ship the Miles Gwen relationship, which to me comes out seems to be coming out of nowhere, and it's kind of made Miles into a bit of a creep in Spider Gwen sixteen. Like any time they're close to each other, he seems to almost be like pushing himself on her in a way. I don't know, maybe that's just me, but like there were like these moments of like romantic like chemistry, I guess, but they didn't seem earned and they seem yeah. to be coming more from miles than anybody else. I don't know. Am I, am I crazy? See what's, no, I don't know if you're crazy, but it's funny. I was, you know, one of the things I, I kind of liked about the spider going installment here was, uh, you know, and I don't mean to be picking on Brian Michael Bendis here, but like it, it felt very refreshing to me to have, because miles was featured pretty, very prominently in, in the spider going issue. I mean, probably yeah. more, more so than how she was featured in in the Miles comic, which is fine. I mean, like I, I'm not that's not a complaint. But um, so with Jason Latour kind of taking the lead on Miles here, it's 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 just the character the character felt a little fresher to me and like a little edgier. I liked that there was some edge there. I don't like like I I, I just you know I I feel that Bendis just has way too much. He, he's just way too precious with this character, and and I liked that, you know, Latour let him get a little dirty, you know, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, he had him kill the uh, Doctor Octopus as Octopus. Yeah, so I I just feel with because of Bendis's preciousness of the character, it it, it just it, it it seeing someone else handle the character, and I felt Latour mostly handled him. You know, absolutely, um, even like his powers and kind of poking fun at some of the cheat codeness of his powers. Uh, it worked for me. I, I enjoyed it. I don't know. I, me. I, I like them both a lot. And, you know, uh, with Spider-Woman in the rearview mirror, I mean, Latour is a great team player in regards to these kind of crossovers. And they have such a different writing style. It'll be interesting to see, like, how it holds together between Bendis and Latour. Um, but I'm just happy to have a story where Miles is actually an active character that's not like a big team book. Yeah, agreed. Um, 
Very exciting. So, you know, looking forward to the next couple of chapters. It's, it's two more chapters, right? It's it's a story in each series, and then that's that? Yeah, that's what I, I understand. I think, it's a, so, I think it's at least two more. So maybe we'll finally see them get it on. I'm kidding. That's awful. They're <laughs> fictional characters. They do. They do pay, like, lip service to their ages in this. Like, they're very clear that they're only, like, a little over two years apart. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It, it does. It's very. It, it's only two years, but it still feels a little weird, right? Yeah, and, and what? Well, yeah, I think it's a little weird, but um, I suspect this isn't like a relationship that will be ongoing more than it'll be like they just kiss at the end of some action sequence and then go their separate ways, right? I mean, yeah, I, I can't see it being a real thing. Yeah, no, me neither. Me neither. Well, we All know, right. I guess we'll check back in when it's done, and uh, and yeah. Yeah, in the meantime, Dan, do we have any comment on Swarm's uh, listenership uh, claims about 750,000? I mean, is, are these are these fact facts, or are they like alternative facts? Uh, I think they like to be called alt facts. Alt facts, okay. You know, for the, for our for our alt right co-host, because he's all right with me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, well, maybe we'll punch him in the face next time we see him. But uh, until then, you can find all of our new Amazing Spider Talk and old Superior Spider Talk podcasts over at our favorite site in the world, SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. Or you can find us on one of many of our platforms on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube by searching for none other than, you guessed it, the Amazing Spider Talk, and if you do, please be sure to leave us a review, especially on iTunes. We could definitely use your reviews on iTunes because unlike, as Swarm said, 750,000, we have not had that many downloads. Uh, but with your reviews, maybe we could get there one day. There you go. Let's, let's, not make, let's not make Swarm out to be like he's telling uh, alt lies. Yeah. So also be sure to check out our brother podcast, the ultimate spin. Uh, if you want to actually hear in depth interviews about the two comics we just talked about, AKA miles Morales and spider Gwen Stacy. Um, Dan, where can we find you on the social internet thingies? Yeah, you can find me on the, uh, the internet, which is also known as a, a series of tubes. Mm. Yes, uh, you can find me uh, on the tube that's called Twitter.com, and my handle on that tube, uh, the particular gerbil that carries my messages around the internet, is um, at SupSpiderTalk. See, on, on, on t- for me, I prefer to write handwritten missives and then scan them as PDFs and put them in Twitter. Oh. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a what do you call it, uh? A bibliophile? No, I don't know. Anyway, you're you're not you're not signing gerbils messages to to scurry the, through the tubes with. No, I, I see, Dad. You say gerbils, and I just think of Richard Gere. So, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> you know that was disproven. That's an alt. That's an alt, alt fact. fact. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Fake, uh, fake news. Mark, where can we find your PDF things? As you described uh, them on the internet. Yeah, so of course you can find me on Twitter at ChasingASMBlog. 
and on superioraspiretalk.com. And you can find my book on Amazon, on Target, on on uh, the Triumph Publishing uh, homepage. Is the the people publishing? It's a hundred things Spider-Man fans should know and do before they die. Or you could just search on Mark Shinakio because it's the only book I've written, and that that book will is available for pre-order right now and should be coming out later this year. Very exciting. I actually have to uh, send some rewrites in, Dan, because uh, I did a whole chapter on the clones uh, that very defiantly said, um, Ben Riley, they've tried bringing him back over the years, but he's never been brought back. Like, they've just said, no way. Who can you possibly bring this guy back? No, no. So, um, yeah. I might have to rewrite that chapter a little bit. How many different editions of this book are we going to get over the years? Oh, yeah. Well, then there's that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, I we'll mean. We'll get in at the ground floor to get the first edition before a week later it is retconned. Yeah, exactly. Until everything is retconned out of existence. I, I'm, I'm not I'm, – I'm not even touching the electro chapter because, you know, I, 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 I have faith that Max Dillon is still out there. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I'm, I'm actually genuinely curious how they're going to bring him back. Yeah, I, I just, you know, anyway. Um, so, Dan, what, what, what wild, crazy adventures are you sending me and my, my, my tragic uncle on today? Well, you know, you know, your Uncle Ben is back in Forest Hills, and that's where you grew up, you know, going to – you know, your your high school in Forest Hills. Um, and, you know, I, I had heard, Mark, that you recently had your your 20th uh, high school reunion uh, and you were you bumped into your kind of really sad sack, boringly uh, illustrated uh, ex-girlfriend uh, who you hadn't connected with in about 40 years, even though it had been 20 years. How did yeah. that go? Oh yeah, well you know my my um my old ex. Uh, let's just call her Wendy, Wendy Lacey. Oh, uh, you know, right? That sounds good, that right? Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It you know, doesn't she, sound like you just made that up. No, not at all. Um, she lives in Canada. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Come on, I didn't have a girlfriend in high school. <laughs> Into comic books, Dan. Come that's, on, that's the real twist of this story. <laughs> I'm gonna say you're making this person up. No, okay. So I went to my high school reunion, and the girl that I probably obsessed a little bit too much over, who reminded me of Gwen Stacy, because you know that's just the kind of guy I am. Uh, I'm talking about the fictional Gwen Stacy. She reminded a real person reminded me of the fictional Gwen Stacy. Right, but let, let's was, be let's be sure you 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 date and obsess over the blonde, but you marry the redhead. Exactly. That's exactly. true in both of our cases. It's very true. Exactly. Right. So, um, you know, before this gets even more weird and awkward, let's just say that um, you know, we struck up a conversation, um. And as she's talking, I'm like, oh, that's right. I remember you're boring. Um, <laughs> so um, time to know, kill what, you off. Yeah. Well, no. I, so what ended up happening was like, you know, we always have like you need a wingman, right? You know, like so um, I, 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 my my uncle Ben was we were at this. Uh, we did the um, the reunion at like, a, you know, a bar restaurant. So Uncle Ben was actually working the bar that night. 
Um, and I told him like, Hey, I'm going to try and reconnect with, you know, my old, my old crush. Um, but like, you I'm needed give a you social a- lubricant and he was enough to provide a high school or some alcohol. Well, no. Well, first of all, this was our 20 year reunion, Dan. Come on. <laughs> That's, true. I mean, That's true. No, no, no. I, 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 I let, let me get to the punchline, Dan. You're, 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 you're getting me off course here. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I, just, I'm just so excited about this story. I worked out with Uncle Ben ahead of time that there was going to be a sign, okay? Like, I was like, if, if I get into trouble, I'm going to give you a sign, and and you're going to, like, I don't know, like, pull the fire alarm or something. You know, like, get, get me out get out of jail free card, right? You know what I mean? Like, get me out of this conversation. So we're, like, you know, we're over at the bar. We're talking. She's totally boring. She's just talking about herself. She's talking about, like, you know, how cold I am and all this crap. Um, so, you know, the sign that I, uh, agreed to do was, um, I was going to, I have a little pocket knife and I was gonna, um, just like hurl it at the bar, but like at, like at one of the, like the top shelf liquors, cause that was going to create the diversion. You, you know what I mean? You couldn't just like, like it, wave your hand or something? <laughs> No, no, this had to be elaborate, you know, like we had to, we had to create a real d- distraction to get us out of there. So I, I, I took out the pocket knife and, um, you know, I, I went to go throw it at the top shelf and, and, you know, the, and as I go to hurl it, I saw like, oh no, I was going to hit like the really good bourbon, which I love bourbon. Do you like bourbon? Yeah, I, I have recently been turned on to bourbon. Bourbon's great, you know, and you're you're at the age where I started to really like bourbon too, so it works out great. Um, so we're um, uh, you know, I'm throwing, I, I I like kind of like get all herky jerky with my arm because I didn't want to like break the bourbon. Um, and of course I you know I let go of the knife at the wrong angle and totally impale my uncle Ben's eye. I guess, eye eye eye, and um, you know, so then like, you know. The my ex, not my old flames, just like, oh, there's another. How many bridges? How many madmen's? How many knives in your eyes? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. She's like, you know, Mark, you never actually remembered your uncle's great advice to you, which was, with great podcasts must also come amazing spider talk. Did your uncle end up being okay? Uh. He was all right. We we took a little of the bourbon and it cleaned out the wound. It was fine. Oh, okay, that's good. But then then he he, he was a bit of an alcoholic and he died. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not from the alcohol. He got he, he he had a heart attack. Don't don't miss the next installment.